Did you already hit the record button? Have we been recording the last 15, 20 minutes? We know, we know what Eric's going to be doing for the rest of the day. Do it. <laughs> uh, that's great. Ready? I, <laughs> no, you're not. As much as I can be. All right. <clears throat> Welcome to Bay Floor Discussions with Ed Pinnell, John Morrison, Brian Cole, and Eric Field. All right, hello, welcome back, everyone. Um, Happy New Year. (laughs) We've discovered sound effects, so we can add that to our our list of features. Um, How's everyone doing? We've... Officially made it out of 2020 and uh, started a new and exciting 2021. On to round two. On to round two. We've reached the uh, extended scene at the end of the credits. Uh, intermission. It, yeah, intermission. Oh, is it just intermission? Yep. Ugh. <laughs> Let's do this. All right, so um, we talked last time, um, coming up here pretty soon, we're going to try and tackle the gigantic topic of regionalization. So we thought we'd try and transition into it a little bit and um, talk about where we started in this field and uh, how how, um, we plan to move forward and um, how we've seen ourselves evolve and what we think we might uh, try and do going forward. More better. More better. <laughs> Many much more better. Um, so we'll just go around. John, we'll start with you. Um, what brought you into the fire service? I was tricked. Yeah. How long ago were you tricked and by whom? Um, I actually got into EM. I was, um, let me back up. I was going through the hiring process for a police department, and that police department required um, the applicants to have an EMS license. I was going through SMCC at the time, so I went and took the EMT course. Uh, I didn't get hired for the job, but I got hired at a private EMS service, so I was kind of tricked into this field of fire and rescue. How long ago was that? Oh, Ed, we just (laughs) figured this out. That's why we wrote notes. Right. <clears throat> 15 you years, said I believe. 2006 for here. You didn't start here in 2006, did you? I don't know. 15 years? We'll go with 15 years. You're terrible at this. Yes, I am. All right. Sure. So that was it? You were like, oh, so, screw it. I'm already here. I might as well just keep well, going. <laughs> it was a job. So basically, it was a full time job while I was going to school. So I worked for a private service. Um, I think at the time, I had just moved to Casco, and I had actually joined Naples Fire Department way back then. And then I believe it was Kevin that suggested I join Casco Rescue when we were two separate departments. So I joined here, and then basically the fire service, one of my friends, uh, Colby, was on the fire department here because we were two separate departments, and he tricked me into joining the fire department. And then the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I joined the fire department, eventually got my intermediate, got my paramedic. I mean, it's addicting. Did you get tricked into those two or? Uh... No, that was voluntary. <laughs> All right, Chief, how'd, uh, how'd you start and when? Uh, started officially 1990, so 30 years. Um, I wasn't tricked. I was killing time and chasing fire trucks on my bike. That's fair. Is really what it was. And uh, Casco days, um, obviously very community oriented. Started helping around up there. Um, I think one of the one of the biggest memories I have is uh, we were filling the dunk tank. They used to have a dunk tank up there, and uh, so I was helping. I think I was helping Wayne fill that dunk tank, and then we went down and filled the truck up. And I was asking him if I could help him uh, fill it up, and he said, yeah, sure. So uh, I, all of a sudden, he goes, stand right here and, and uh, open the valve. So I did, and uh, that was a discharge port. And he Had you stand right in uh, yeah, front it of was, it? Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and so that was really... I'm like, wow, okay, this is this is fun. That's a good summary of you the, know? the fire service. <laughs> yeah, we've so. already started with John getting tricked into it, and then well, Brian's story is an, an elder having him open a <laughs> discharge valve right in his face. Well, that's that's all it takes, right? Somebody just invites you yeah. over, and it takes just one lever, and you're like, I want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've uh, been here ever since. You know, uh, evolved into uh, Fire One. Then Fire One Two, EMT, and uh, then I kind of fell into staying with the public safety theme. Went into nine one one, and um, the rest is history. So nice, yeah. Mr. Field, well, I'm a little different. <clears throat> I didn't exactly get yes, tricked you into are. it. A little. <laughs> <laughs> it was in my blood. I, I grew up in it. My grandfather was a deputy chief on charge of training. Uh, my grandmother was a dispatcher. My father was a captain. I had aunts and uncles in it. So basically, I started because I wanted to spend more time with my family. They're leaving for meetings, leaving for calls, leaving for this and that. So to tag along, I kind of went along. Um, because my grandfather was in charge of training when I was young, seven or eight years old, I was doing pump testing with them. And same thing, I got to pull levers and play with things and do stuff that other kids weren't allowed to do, which kind of soaked me into the the job and uh, going through that I've, I've gone through a bunch of different positions thankfully the department I worked with when I was a kid the chief was absolutely fantastic and let me do some stuff and be some places that I probably really shouldn't have been um, that chief that was is, in the time though yeah that was, was in the time that chief is is gone away at this yeah. point um, but uh, yeah I was a fire explorer bounced my way up to Firefighter, lieutenant captain, training officer, safety officer, deputy chief for two different agencies. Now I'm just an instructor that enjoys to teach. But yeah, spend, spend more time with my family, mostly my dad. Nice. Nice. What about you, Ed? So I started in 2012. Um, I had a lot of friends that were involved. Uh, they, they had family that got them into it. And I had always kind of uh, respected the profession and... I always looked at it and thought, there's no way you can just walk onto a fire department. And like, I, I always saw the the movie 
type of deal where you go through the academy and stuff like that. So I was amazed that like a junior program even existed. I, I thought of a quote unquote junior program as like they gave your kid a hat and like <laughs> you got to you got to hang around the fire department and that was the end of that. So uh, I I really just kind of one day finally said, hey, I'm I'm gonna check this out and see what I can actually accomplish. And um, and then you pulled that proverbial lever. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, it was, it was not at all what I expected, but it was, uh, it was what I wanted. Uh, I I was interested in it because not only are you helping people, but you're, you're doing some problem solving, you're getting involved with the community and, uh, kind of like Brian said, we'd never really grow up. We always want to play with the big trucks and all the different tools and whatnot. So over the years, I mean, Casco has been great to me. Every opportunity that's been presented to me, I've, I've taken. So that's how I got my Fire 1 and 2. That's how I got my EMS license. And it's opened up huge opportunities for me. And um, This area, you, you can make a career out of firefighting, but it's less prominent. Um, it has kind of spilled over into my, my full-time work. So it's been been a big part of my life after that. It's a pretty, uh, it's not what I expected. It's not what I expected when, when I walked through the door. It was just kind of show up and hang out at a training and... Better some, or worse? Oh, it's been awesome. Yeah. It's been awesome. Uh, so, I mean, before that, my, my background was like 100% mechanical and... Uh, mathematics got involved in this realized how much I liked it and uh, was able to kind of bring that engineering into the fire service and like I said it, it's opened up so many opportunities it's been it's been incredible so it's and now I'm doing this silly podcast right <laughs> getting involved in training and it's just been um, above and beyond what I ever expected so cool so you, in a short period of time, too. I mean, at 2012, and it's 2021 officially now, but, uh, you know, nine years is, is not a long time. No. So. That's awesome. So if we keep going around the table, Ed, are you still involved for the same reasons? Uh, I mean, yeah. So it's gone beyond that, but, I mean, my reasons to walk through the door, I wanted to, uh, I just wanted to help out the community, and I wanted to to be challenged and um, play with the big trucks. So those were my big three, and I still do that all the time. So it's been great for me. Drive fast and play with the siren. Hey, I drive responsibly. Mm -hmm. Thank you. (laughs) With due regard. With due regard. To public safety. And I don't use the siren probably as often as I should. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> what about you john were you are you still tricked into coming every week no i mean <laughs> the reason i got involved i said it it was for a hiring process so literally it was because oh you're I, the worst oh, yeah. i'm here because it's a job <laughs> no that's, that's how that's i how got, it started yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's how i got into fire and ems is uh i needed an emt license so i I'm not here for the same reasons I started, but it's like we said, I pulled that lever and I just became addicted. And now you've got 
kids that are interested in it. They've been here a few times. Yeah, Devin, kind of. Yeah. Yep. If I can drag him away from his video games. <laughs> right. Yep. What about you, Brian? Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's something that was a part of me before I realized it was a part of me. Um, and it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed one bit. Um, I wish that we could have... Um, I wish we could have the volunteerism like we did back when I started. Yeah. You know, yes. um, it was, that was, we, we still have a brotherhood now, but it was back different. then it was like a family. Like we talk about oh, yeah, family yeah. here, but it, it, it was much tighter when, when I started. And, and good, bad. You, you can look at every side of it. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm humbled by where I am now, uh, and 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 like it every day, just as much as I did 30 years ago. Yeah. You? Oh, I'm <laughs> Eric. Next in line. I'm. <laughs> um, I'm. Then again, a little different. Um, things have changed for me. I, I did it for my family and. Uh, my grandfather still does it, but my grandmother is no longer involved. My aunts and uncles are no longer involved. And in uh, 2016, I lost my dad to cancer, who was working underneath me as a captain while I was a deputy. Um, so my gears got shifted. I got shaken up for a good couple of years dealing with his cancer and uh, the loss of him and the politics in the fire service and the thin skin in the fire service. And <clears throat> that's when I decided to take a break for a little bit, which I mentioned in another podcast. Um, so I left for a little while, and now I'm getting back into the training and the specially, specialized helping chiefs in the area doing whatever they need for help just to keep my feet wet. But I'm not involved in it as much as I was before. Yeah. Um, but I'm still, I'm still there. Nice. So we touched on it a little bit. Uh, some of the things that have changed. I mean, uh, we have evolved from that uh, volunteerism a little bit and it's taken with it some of the stuff that they used to do, I think. Um, are there any specific like activities that the departments you were involved in used to do that they don't do anymore? Training. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Back when I first started, um, I was joking a little bit, but trainings were a, a lot bit. different. I mean, you used to get 20, 30 people. We'd have cookouts. We'd make a day of it. I mean, just that camaraderie and that family-like atmosphere, I miss a lot. No, I mean, honestly, it's it's the same thing I wrote down on my notes. Yeah. So. I um, think it's probably the same for all of us. Yeah, and you know? I wish that we could figure out what has changed there that, that – uh, created that well back when i first started the department that i grew up in they used to have a huge picnic every year that would have 40 or 50 people at it the whole family would come down but they only met twice a month one one day for a meeting one day for a training and now we're meeting almost every day of the week a couple times a week sometimes on the weekends and i think back to our other podcast we talked about time and a lot of people are spending so much time in the fire service when they're off, they want to spend it with their family. Yeah. So we're not doing those events that we used to do because people want to do other things because right. we spend so much time together during the week. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what that. I see anyways. Yeah, I can see that. Especially if you work here day in and day out. Plus you have a meeting, you have two meetings a month, plus work details, plus trainings. I mean, it, it can be a lot. Well, if I'm working a shift with you and I'm eating breakfast with you and lunch with you and dinner with you, right. do I really need to hang out with you on a Saturday at right. a barbecue? Do I want to see you again? Right. Exactly. <laughs> Sometimes I need a break, right. you know? It's but not you, it's me. <laughs> it's us. Uh, we need some time apart. Right. Uh, but, but I mean, that's my perspective anyways, yeah, from what I've seen throughout the years. Well, and, and times have changed so much as, as well, you know. Everybody in the family's working. Everybody's contributing. Um, just the the day-to-day -day environment, uh, even worse in this last year. Right. Um, I think some people are realizing that they need to do some refocus. Uh, they, they need to reprioritize. And, and that's not to say that they're, they're done with the fire service completely, um, but they're just going down through. I mean, it, everything changes for us daily, weekly, yearly. You know, I, who knows what we'll be doing next year at this time, you know, but I think it's just, it, it's kind of a reprioritization and uh, there's such a time commitment for someone to walk in off the street through these doors, you know? I mean, and it's hard. It's it's evolved that um, you guys need so much in paperwork just to keep someone quote unquote safe um, that you can't just kind of half ass it anymore. No, you, you need to be no. involved and you need to be a quote unquote firefighter, or mm -hmm. you, you got to walk away from it. It's it's hard to be kind of middle ground. That was one of the biggest things that when we were when we were talking about full time positions was. It doesn't matter if it's Casco, if it's pick any town with a population of 20 people in it, or if you're New York City. We all have the same requirements to complete the job. Right. You know, it doesn't matter that we only have 3,500 people that live here year round, still have the requirement to, to make those standards and those mandates. Right. So it, it, that in itself, was was a big change I think in the fire service from volunteer slash combination to full time is is uh, just the requirement to to maintain the doors open right, and, and running level. Yeah. yeah 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 so I, I mean I think those are all uh, good points uh, I don't know how exactly we move forward from that or how we address it. Uh, but I, I was even thinking like, uh, we used to do a public safety day. Yeah. It just, every department seems to have the same, uh, narrative where they just say, Hey, it kind of fizzled out and we stopped. Yeah. Uh, I wonder what has changed in that time period that, that made people less interested or it was less accessible. Well, I think for or... us, I mean, we, we used to do the public safety day here and it was a huge ordeal. I mean, we'd have different agencies in we'd have you know the warden service state police sheriff's office atv club um you know we had this whole list of people that and it was in a, a whole day affair um and that became cumbersome so we scaled it back to open houses which were great because it was a little more personal you got to you know walk around and spend time with people and and answer questions and and you know that's over this last year and a half, that's really what I've lost um, is that connection 
you know, like I love having people come into the fire station. It's, it's their equipment just as much as it's ours, you know, and I want them to, to ask questions and know why we have it and why it costs us half a million dollars to get it. Um, and, and we don't have people coming into the stations anymore. So until we can get past that whole last year, that thing, (laughs) I'm not going to start down that path, but you know, I really think that, uh, once we can get past that, you know, we can maybe refocus and, and start opening back up again. Yeah. I think that's like that one day stands out in my fire career, um, more than anything else. I was over at company two, I was washing a truck and somebody just pulled in the kid jumped out of the car, just as excited as could be. Dad came up behind him and was like, Hey, you know, he, he's excitable. Uh, he just saw the truck outside and really wanted to check it out. And that kid had more questions than any, like he knew the truck or not necessarily that truck, but new trucks wanted to know right. how much it would pump, how much water was on it, everything. I was like, uh, <laughs> it's, it's awesome. Yeah, you know? and that was that was the coolest thing because I was like, nobody cares yeah. <laughs> except for except for this kid. No, <laughs> I was so excited to show him everything, and he wanted to ask about all the other trucks that were there. And uh, yeah, that that if that kid's listening for whatever reason, thumbs up to you. But nice. that was like the coolest thing that has, the, has happened to me. Those in a long experiences, time. those experiences are. If you shun that kid away or turned him away because they couldn't come into the station for some reason or or whatever, that kid could have got turned off and he could have been a rock star firefighter in a couple of years, depending on his age. I mean, I joined as an explorer legally at 14. Yep. You know, you get a 10 year old kid that jumps out of the truck and comes running over to say hi and doesn't get the excitement and the uh, the action back that he thought he was going to get. Right. Yeah. he's going to be a computer guy for the rest of his life. <laughs> right? you, you just lost whoa, that new... Whoa, whoa. You, you, <laughs> what I'm saying is you lost that potential member by yeah. that one oh, yeah. interaction. Yeah. Well, I mean, taking away that public safety day, I mean, uh, I was I grew up in Wyndham, and they always had once a year the ladder truck would be up with yeah. the flag hanging from it. You know, how I thought that was the coolest thing. If they don't do that, if they don't take that day to put the truck up, you know, yeah. it, it's... It's crazy how these little things that people don't really think about can can make a major impression in somebody. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know that one day a year, that open house, that public safety day, could be the day that you know some parents driving by with their kids and has nothing else to do and stops by and checks things out and that's imprinted in that kid's head forever. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's something that I miss. Is there there anything else that you guys can think of? Anything that we used to do or the fire service used to do that we don't anymore? No? We used to wear three-quarter boots and long coats. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have any Dalmatians <laughs> anymore, so that's not cool. No uh, no poles to slide down to go out to the trucks. Right. And, right. You know, we don't get to live that dream anymore. Nope. Um, so something else that, that has changed, It's it's kind of gone in loops especially in this area is the actual education for firefighters um, we had that vocational program I wasn't in the area enough to, to know kind of the history behind it but when I started and learned that that program existed I was already out of high school and thought that was a fantastic opportunity where K 
kids in school can go and get their fire one and two and get some college credits. And that disappeared because of lack of participation. Uh, they still have the, the fire program at SMCC and, you know, there's numerous online stuff. But uh, how do you think going from that, that kid that jumped out of the truck and wanted to ask questions about the fire truck to coming into the fire service, how do we, how do we get someone to move forward? How do we get someone to walk through the door and train and learn and... How do we take a green person and turn them into a firefighter now? If we knew that answer, we wouldn't be having issues. <laughs> right? Jeez, Ed. Well, we need to address these things, and that's what we are here for. So right. We absolutely do, and if either any of us had that solution, we wouldn't be here right now. Right. You know? But we're here to talk about That's what this whole thing is yeah. about. Well, so if I knew about spitball the, some ideas. And... If I knew about the live-in programs, I would have jumped all over that, but I think some of it, never got brought to our attention in in my high school nobody ever told me that was even a possibility oh, i had good. no yeah, idea yeah yeah when it, i when i grew up it wasn't it wasn't an wasn't option a thing at, a, yeah. at all yeah right um, i think they offered public safety to us and i couldn't if you tell me public safety i think of someone standing out with a stop stop slow paddle and some cones i don't think of <laughs> you know yeah. in high school public safety didn't mean fire and ems uh, i didn't know right so well, it did. I mean, vocational has has evolved just as much as as everything else. You know, when when I was in high school and in, in vocational, we had you know building, uh, construction. We had auto, oh, yeah. um, culinary, and uh, I'm trying to think, um, drafting and design. Yep. Yep. Those were what we had. You know, so if they had had fire service or, or EMT or the nurse program or law enforcement like they they have had oh that'd be that'd be amazing but there again the kids have refocused right so the, the hands-on we, we always tell people find a vocation first you know that's why I told my kids hey I'll help you go to whatever school you want but if you know how to use your hands and have a skill that's going to get you real far. If anything just proved it, it's this stuff that we're going through this past year. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not in the fire service full time like you guys are. I work for a propane company and I'm a central supposedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> so I never, I never had to stay home and I was working every day through this whole thing. Yeah. And uh, I think like you were just talking about, the kids don't understand <clears throat> that those trades is what's going to keep them afloat when a crisis happens absolutely it's absolutely. it's 100 percent a safety net you know if you can do something with your hands then you're never going to not have a job right know? and that's that's been a, a huge comfort to me for fire and ems is that i've known that if something were to happen to my 40-hour week job i'm capable of getting work in this field from Maine to friggin California, whatever, you right. know, I can go yeah. anywhere in the country and I have a certificate of a skill that I can do. Yep. And that's, that's been, uh, it's been comforting to me and it's also been leverage. I mean, uh, if I go someplace and they want to threaten to not pull a job away from me, but if I want to go into, uh, an interview or something and I feel confident in my skills and 
I, I can just say that, you know, if you don't offer me the terms that I want, I'm going to walk away because I don't need this job. I, right. <laughs> I've got other I'll, I'll find somebody that does want me. Right, yeah, exactly. You know? So that's been, yeah. uh, that's been awesome for me. Yeah. And it's something that I don't think a lot of people think about. They go, you know, if I'm going to get into this, it has to be 100% a career, and it doesn't. You know, it's something that a lot of us do for a couple shifts a week, and that's it. Yeah. Yep. I, I was really disappointed um, when they ended up having to shut down the fire science program uh, here in Lake Region. Uh, I, again, it's just such a resource and such a tool. I mean, like you said earlier, you're getting, you're learning a skill, you're working out, you're walking out the door with a fire two certificate, right? You've got, um, that nobody needed uh, to pay for except for right, the school. Right. Know? And you've got college credits already. So, you know what, you jump into SMCC and finish that out. And, and it, you can just, it will just snowball if you want it to, right. you know, in a, in a good way. Um, and I, Rick did an amazing job. Uh, I still wish that uh, we could have that, that program still. Uh, without doubt, he, he would be there. Um, and again, how do you entice the kids? What, right. what can we do different? What do we have to do different? Well, I mean, even just in general, like Eric grew up with family and that's what got him into this. You, you, you don't hear that as much anymore. Yeah. You know, it, that's why I brought up John bringing his, his son here, you know. You don't and, see very many people going generation to generation anymore. I'm, I don't think I, it's a pride thing. I think it's just, uh, I don't know. And having the opportunity for the kids to train like that year, we had the joint training committee and Steve and I, Steve Terhune and I, took the juniors aside and made sure they could participate and um, design trainings that they were allowed to do um, so that they weren't just standing around watching everyone. Right. I mean, the best thing I did was put Devin through that. He wasn't wearing an SCBA, but I put him through the confidence course and then I had him get to the little mini ladder and I had him bail out without an SCBA and um, he loved it. He was hooked. That was his lever. But yeah. ever since that, our trainings have kind of gone away because of COVID. So oh, you said it. I did. <laughs> I know Ed loves to talk about it. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I mean, you were joking about it earlier, but you were like, well, when I can get him away from his video games. I mean, that's actually a legitimate problem, yeah. you know? It is. Like, even I grew up in the, the 90s with, like, you could watch a truck go by and that was more exciting than the flip phone you may have had. You know, <laughs> you don't have a computer, you know, you, if you had a video game online, it loaded for half an hour and it was probably like solitaire or chess. It wasn't right. anything super exciting. <laughs> right. Uh, so there's just so many more distractions going on now. So many different ways that kids can be pulled in other directions that you really need to find a way to get their focus you said that confidence course really because it got him involved right was but, and it's just fun to crawl around and try to get yourself out right. of stuff we've talked about this before with technology and stuff and some of the other podcasts if that kid or that that person is so intrigued in simulations and video games there's fire simulators and ems simulators and if you start swaying that person in that direction they still get what they're addicted to or what they're striving for 
but they're directed towards the goal that we want right yeah. and getting them involved and there's so much stuff that's changing year to year in the fire service with technology just suck them right in. We're just weaning them off of one addiction. Exactly. <laughs> Supplementing it's it still, with another yeah, thing. We're just refocusing. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's the goal in the end. Right. But it doesn't matter the recipe as long as it's still cookies in the end. But I, I tell my <laughs> right. I told Devin the same thing. I told him to become a plumber. Everybody always needs a plumber. Oh. And even if the world ends, they'll still need a plumber. <laughs> then if he wants to go to school, that's fine. Yeah. It's just like, if you want to be a firefighter, I told him, I go, be a plumber, become a carpenter. I was like, then you have skills. And then nowadays you're going to need a college degree. So just go off to college, but then you still, plumbers make a lot of money. Tell me one person that does not have propane. Oh, two. Oh, so you guys grill? What do you grill on? Charcoal. Charcoal only? Yeah. You liars. (laughs) (laughs) I'm cheap. Well, the cheapest griller was. Right. And that oh, I'm sure you got a. I'm sure you've used a portable heater, ice fishing, or something. You've used it somewhere, even a torch. Kerosene. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, you get uh, no respect today. Uh, no, I never do. I never do. Uh, plumbers. Uh, I mean, I, I don't need to sit here and list the trade skills for you, you guys, but uh, carpenters and electricians. Yeah. If you Plumbers can, and electricians you can't get. Right. So, if you, you can know. learn a skill that is required to build a house, then you've got a job. People yep. always need a place to live, and it's the most universal thing. You know, no matter where you go, it's it's gonna there's gonna be a need for it. Yep. You and can work for yourself. You can work for somebody else. It just opens up whatever options you want. With and it. right now, because it's, there's not people in those positions. They're making some cash. They are. So oh, yeah. these guys yeah. are making bank. They're and making like you said, bank. they can pick and choose where they yep. go to get what they want. And the time is now. Especially the propane technicians. I just had to pay one to fix my heater. Yeah, that doesn't, money. just let you know, that goes to the bosses. That doesn't come <laughs> to the employee. <laughs> but that's what I mean, though. I mean, like some of these trades, you can work for yourself. There's no reason why you couldn't. And then you can name your own price and make exactly. whatever money you want and work the hours that you want. And do it all yourself. So basically what we're saying is don't get in the fire right. or emergency service field. Go pick a trade. Pick a trade first, and then you <laughs> then you can come to the fire service. And when you're a plumber, you can help us figure out all these problems. <laughs> right? Well, that's, yes. the, that's the coolest thing about the fire service that I think is awesome is that the group of people we have have other jobs, yeah. most of them, that don't do just fire and EMS. They have their trades. So when we go to an emergency, you have that carpenter you can lean on, that plumber you can lean on, that propane guy you can lean on, the technical guy. Like, it's awesome to have that resource there and not have to call for it. Right. Yeah. We've got an encyclopedia built right into the truck. Right. You know. And then when you need work done, you just talk to your friends in the fire family. Oh, yeah. We can do it cheap. We can do it cheap. That's We whip that out on a Saturday afternoon. We do that a lot. (laughs) I do that a lot. You know. John does that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's called using your resources. It's like, hey, Ed, um, I broke a bolt in my engine. Can you come over? Yeah, I'll trade you a 20-pound yeah. propane tank for a shift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then we make a best guess and screw something up, and then you hire a real professional. And that's how right. it goes. 
I mean, you're going to pay them anyway, so you might as well at least give it a shot for right. straight. Yeah, there's like, a, <laughs> there's like a 20% chance it'll work out in your yeah. favor. As long as it works. It might not be pretty, but right. as long as it works. An attempt is made. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, so moving forward, I, I know I, I've tried to do some trainings with, uh, with juniors in my other department. And keeping them focused is definitely the hardest part. Um, I think where we were talking about, there are some uh, simulators and other stuff that can keep them involved. But the other thing is give them assignments. You know, they're always on their computer. They're always looking stuff up. Um, just something silly, you know, have them watch videos, have them give them a, uh, a major fire event to, to check out. You don't necessarily need to have them write a report or turn it into some crazy academic thing. Just if you make or have them watch a video, they're going to do the whole YouTube rabbit hole thing where they're going to watch 37 videos. And then next time yep. they come in, they're going to have questions. Hey, why'd they do this? Hey, did you see this? That's the weirdest thing. Why'd that hey, happen? Check out you know? this video, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Well, some of the stuff when I was younger, insurance and the fire service, like the guys used to fight to see who got paid. Like, I had no idea about that. That yeah. sucked me right in. And then you get talking about the the horses and the, the poles and the spiral staircases and why they didn't have regular staircases. Like some of that stuff is absolutely fascinating. I'm not going to give you the answer so you guys <laughs> listening can look it up. But right. It's, it's, why, it's neat to know some of this what's stuff. What's the history of the mustache in the fire service? Or the Maltese cross. Yeah. yeah. It's, all, it's uh, all the homework assignments for or you Or the guys. bugles. <laughs> Four or yeah. five reports. Yeah. Right. Or the, the bugles. bugles. The yeah, bugles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's like we just started with a few uh, new people in West Paris and not even juniors, just people that haven't been involved in the fire service. And I told them that, you know, well, first thing I want to start you out with is traffic control because that's where we're going to use you immediately for that. <laughs> but then once we get into actually like the firefighter stuff, I want to start with history. You know, it, it's in the books that way. And I think it's important because if you don't you don't know some of this historical stuff, you're not going to be interested. You're not going to care. Yeah. Traffic control. If you survive and you don't quit, welcome <laughs> yeah. to the service. Yeah, yeah uh, you're in. I, <laughs> will, I will say that a million times that I'll run into 10 burning buildings before I do traffic control. It's, that's insane. It is awful. I remember doing traffic control at the fair, and they sent me to walk. I walked like probably a mile and a half to go tell people that there was no parking. They needed to turn around. The questions they asked me, <laughs> I mean, it was awful. And that's the fair. Like, they're, they're hardly moving at the fair. Well, where am I supposed to go? I don't know. Not here. Not here. Right. Yeah. Uh, my favorite's you put a, a fire truck across the road, and you can have road closed signs, you have lights going off, and you have the sign that says stop. And then inevitably, someone will try and drive around you and be like, oh, I didn't, I didn't I just, know. I just <laughs> go right over there. Right. Or they actually yeah. drive around. There was a car yeah. accident up on 121. A truck pulls up. And then they roll down their window, and we're packaging the patient, loading them in the ambulance. And the guy's like, can I get through here? And we had 14 across the road. So he went into the shoulder and around the fire truck and kept going. And then asked us if he could keep going. Have they ever got out of the vehicle and moved your cones? No. And your barriers? No. Oh, yeah. They'll pull up and move them right out of the way so they can go around them. And then they stop on the other side and put yeah, them back. Put them back. <laughs> yeah. Hey, at least it courteous about say, it. That, that, that's so, hey, we can use this as our safety message Although, for the day yeah, of, yeah. you know, if you see emergency services, which are law enforcement, police, fire, EMS, wreckers, tow companies, move over. Right. right? That's, the, that's the 
state laws. You can yep. slow down and move over. Or actually, in gray, I was trying to make my way home one time, and I have a light bar in my truck. I was actually directed into scene by the traffic control guys. <laughs> and I rolled down my window, and I'm like, I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> they, they asked me to come to this scene. What, what can I do? What do you, what do you need? What, what do I do with my hands? <laughs> if you're asking me for help, there are some problems, yeah. right? Oh, no. But just be courteous, people. I mean, it, it's not not rocket science we don't want to be standing in the middle of the road stopping you we don't enjoy it so right please just uh slow down and move over and deal with it I and mean, if you ever if you <laughs> ever ask us what's going on it's always a shark attack so <laughs> don't even bother sharknado <laughs> john's just still over there shaking his no. head yeah we are polite and courteous we'll we will answer your questions to the, uh, best the best of our ability, ability right? Yeah. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> we do not give misinformation, Ed. Sort of. Correct. All right. What else you got? Anything? So, uh, you guys want to talk about your your vaccine experience? Sure. I, I've been trying to avoid the COVID thing as long as possible, but it seems relevant now. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was uneventful. We. Um, yeah. Filled out paperwork. Uh, Gorm came down since we had a certain number of people. Uh, we teamed up with the Naples Fire Department. A bunch of us got vaccinated. No side effects yet that we know of. Nope. Um, except for a sore arm for about 48 hours. I know some people did complain of headaches, but that's they always have headaches. Right. It's not, I don't know if that was. Yeah. I mean, um, it was really it, uneventful. Yeah. It was painless. The needle was tiny. You know, it hurts more when they squeeze your arm than to right, get the vaccine. Like, like a typical shot. I mean, shot. It's, yeah. there's nothing to it. Um, you know, I, I put my timeline, I put a, I kept a journal because I just wanted to see for myself, yeah. you know, kind of yeah. compare it against other, other people who have received it. And it, it was uneventful. I yeah, got a shot. I, I sat around for 20 minutes. Good. No problems. Later in the afternoon, my arm was a little sore. Again, nothing any different than any other vaccine. Um, that evening, my shoulder and neck got a little, the muscles got a little tense. But the next morning, I woke up, I was fine. The arm was still sore, but it, it was really uneventful. Yeah. Did you so, guys have any reserves going into it? Like oh, any, yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's this is an emergency use authorization. This doesn't happen the the trials were sped up right you know it, it takes years for this process to actually to happen for a new medication to be accepted or, or vaccine or but um, brian and i had talked about it that um we wanted to encourage our members to get it if they wanted it and we had some reservations we went to the main ems town hall meetings on the Facebook, we took their training and we got pretty much informed ourselves as much as we can, but we didn't want our team members to feel discouraged because how would it look if you're number one and number two were like, I'm not getting that. There's not enough information about it. If our met one of our members wanted to get it, you know, they may feel ostracized or left out. So by us getting it, it also helped encourage our other members to get it. Plus, we were, we're guinea pigs, so if they see anything <laughs> you, up. You weren't tricked yeah. into this either? I was not tricked. <laughs> Wink. Right. Yeah. 
yeah so i mean it was it was it was good um and we'll have another one we'll have the second shot in the series in about three weeks and you know they it, from what i've read that this the second shot of the series there some of the side effects are a little more but i'm not going to speak to that until i live it yep so no i think it's um right wrong or indifferent i think it's kind of a, a big decision for a lot of people to make right now so yeah. I, thought, I thought that's why it was important to to Definitely. bring it up as much as i've been trying to avoid it any right. any and all 2020 topics right well, my <laughs> advice is the information is out there read it watch the videos but and be make your very own choice. careful about where you get your information from yeah. as well. well and right yeah. i mean we always I mean, say uh, that about uh, facebook right? honestly like, that's that was that's so my the, biggest concern is that a lot of people will talk about how much they've researched it and and talk about how much they know about things uh, and then you say the, cite your sources and it's wikipedia right well yeah. i mean and facebook at, at the end of the day <laughs> larry my neighbor yeah or, it, yeah that's basically yeah. where i was going with that is that at the end of the day man unless you've got a, a degree in this stuff and unless you have a background in it you you are not going to know better than some of these people and you need to be really careful about where you get your information from because you know the old saying numbers don't lie is is kind of wrong you know <laughs> those numbers can be manipulated whichever way they want um and when i say they it's it's anyone with any opinion on one way or another um get the information that you can try and think for yourself and try and uh be as educated from strong sources as possible. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, do you guys have anything else to add? Anything new for the year? No. We're oh, we just all. I think all three of us just collectively sighed. That was yeah. funny. Like, oh, well, well, we're uh, nine days into 2021. So we'll see. We're trying to get our, that's Eric knocking on wood. Yes. We're trying to get, you know, more training. We're trying to adapt our training to fit um, what's going on in the world today. So we're trying to get back um, to some sort of training program we talked about at previous um, podcasts, but that's about it. We're just trying to figure out how to move forward. Because pretty much this whole year has just been paused. And yeah. we've been kind of in this holding pattern. But it's gotten to the point that we have to progress. We have to move forward. We have to figure out how to get the machine moving again. So that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. Any suggestions? Leave them in the comment section. <laughs> Please. Brian, if, you coming to the end of your instructor class? How's yes. That, how's that working out? Yeah, it's great. You know, it's it was a lot of work. Um, I think some people very, very early in saw that it was a lot of work, um, and, and made their choices, but I think it's really, it, the group that we have is, is really focused. Um, we're about delivering a, a good product. So this is just the, the basis for that. And, and, you know, I, we're looking forward to to the next phase of actually getting out and being able to work with the other instructors around and and you know putting putting it using it correctly for good not and, evil <laughs> yeah right for good not evil yeah um you know just just applying what we've learned you know oh it's going to be good to have um, some fresh faces 
uh, it was awesome being involved in that. It sucks that I kind of had to taper off from it at the end, but uh, that's I, life, I agree. right? Yeah, I agree. I think everyone that was involved uh, really was doing an awesome job, and I haven't heard anything otherwise from from these guys. So yeah, uh, two weeks exciting. left, baby. Yep. Two yep. weeks. Two weeks. Then the final test. Then yep. the big test. Eric, anything you uh, you want to add? No, I think I think I'm good. All right. So as always, everyone, um, if you have any suggestions, any comments, we appreciate it. It really helps us uh, fill the void, come up with different ideas, topics, questions, and, and really this is to reach out to everyone that's out there, anyways. So anytime that we can address something specifically or uh, get any of your feedback, that's what this is all about. I think moving forward, uh, we our next topic is still regionalization. It is. I think hopefully next week we'll have Dan Hillier in here. Um, that all that is all depending on if our new equipment arrives in time. Yes. Right. So I mean that's uh, like everything else. Like we've said a few times, it's a gigantic topic. We can't really be expected to have the end all be all answers to it. We just want to talk about it. So. That's uh, what we've got on the horizon. Thanks. Have a good week, everyone. Bye.